0: Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need, no matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project. We got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Australia, which is pretty exciting Russ Steffens from Association of Professional Builders, APB. Hey Russ, welcome to The Home Building Hero. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey! Thanks so much, David. Really excited to, to be here and honored uh, on on what is a, a fantastic show you got going here. So thanks well, so well, much. Thank you
0: so much. And uh, you're my first international guest, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, uh, we're actually going to be on a, a show uh, in Dublin, Ireland, uh, coming up in about a week or two here. So uh, we've officially traveled across the seas, uh, providing home building information. So it's pretty pretty exciting to do that. All right. So before we get started, Russ. Uh, kind of help our listeners out here, tell me a little bit about your background and, and who you are
1: and how you got involved in the industry. Sure. So I started out in business back in the, the early eighties when I was 19 and I left my father's retail business to to go out on my own. So I was uh, I started out by driving around South London, selling from the back of a van. And uh, from that, I built a distribution company that grew to to become a $35 million business that employed 50 staff, which I then sold in 2006 in order to fulfill a a lifelong dream that my wife and I had to to move to Australia. And uh, we found ourselves in Australia in 2006, in a situation where we had to start another business in order to, to get a permanent visa. Um, oh, wow. okay. Australia, Australia wasn't accepting investment visas uh, at the time. They didn't want people coming in and retiring and sitting on the beach. They, they wanted someone that was going to come in and create jobs. So okay. we spent That's a few years uh, providing different services to builders because I guess what we did was we identified construction as being a growing industry. Okay, and uh, kind of looked at that industry and thought, how can we, how can we help builders? And um, we were doing safety documentation, scaffolding services, anything that we could kind of do online because the internet was getting stronger and stronger, and and this was the new way of selling. So the traditional method of, uh, or the traditional way of going to a salesperson and having them drip feed you information that was all changing you know the whole sales process was uh, was was being turned on its head and people were going online and and getting doing their research and and becoming more knowledgeable than than ever before so we kind of saw this happening firsthand by providing online services and uh we found ourselves talking to more and more builders um and generally generally the question that would uh, that would come up is how do i generate more leads and how do I convert leads into sales? It's just not working how it used to. You know, yeah, were, that's
0: really that's a whole interesting topic because I've even told people that you know, what worked a year ago or even what worked six months ago doesn't necessarily work even as well as it does now. And things are changing so fast with all the platforms out there and, and how they change their algorithms. And it's, it's just an ever-changing you know, world and you got to kind of be able to adapt on the fly and, and be able to change because buyer behavior is just it's just changing there's so much information out there a lot of times the buyers are more armed with information
1: sometimes than the builders absolutely um and that's certainly what we we found happening in the car industry when uh when we went to to buy a new car i found that my wife knew more about the model than the salesperson (laughs) and uh and that was a that was a real change that i started to see you know around about this time because no longer could you could you Control the conversation and the negotiation. It was almost like the uh, the buyer was now in control, and uh, you either adapted or or found yourself following their process for buying. So it was a it was a very interesting time, and we found ourselves having these types of conversations with builders. Um, and, and looking at uh, what they were actually doing and, and giving them some tips really on their website, you know, how they could change their messaging and uh, adapt their website from being what we would call a, a brochure site to a lead generation website. And uh, those, those conversations uh, developed to the point where, in 2011, we launched Acris Services, which was a marketing agency for residential home builders. And I launched that with my daughter Sky Stevens, who left university to to start this business with me because uh, yeah, she had a passion for marketing as well. That's and fantastic! So a, a little family business story. going on there. I That's right. Yeah. So back in 2011, we we launched this new business where we would build websites for builders. We we uh, developed a CRM system as well that would follow up all their leads and um and life was good you know we we were generating leads for these guys who who had been struggling after advertising in the yellow pages and and getting uh, a dwindling response from that investment yep absolutely but what we found was half the builders were having success but the other half still weren't even though we were generating leads for them they still weren't getting the success that the other half of builders uh, were getting and they would say to us things like the leads are rubbish Um, You know, these these leads that are coming in, they're nothing like the leads I used to get. Um, You know, it's a waste of time advertising. So when we looked into it, we found that the big differentiator between the guys that were succeeding and the guys that were struggling was a sales process. The guys that were failing to convert their leads simply didn't have a sales process to follow. And they were expecting the leads to advance themselves through the sales funnel, just like a, a warm referral lead would, but uh, that simply sure. doesn't happen with cold traffic. Yeah, and
0: that's a big thing. And we learned that, you know, several years ago with our own company, we kind of created our own documented sales process. And as soon as we did that, the the amount of people that uh, we converted um, was was greatly enhanced. And the other thing that we did with ours, and I'm sure you probably have seen similar things, but you know, a lot of times, uh, I think builders jump into Let's price this out right away, or the customer jumps into you know the customer wants to play by their rules, and I always tell people it's like playing a board game with a little kid, right if you don't explain the rules right away, um, you know as soon as something bad happens in the game or in the negotiation uh, process, you know they turn around and walk away or they flip the board up and say, "I'm done, right, so you have to be able to get them to be playing by all the same rules, and hopefully they're playing by your rules because you know as the builder, you're the expert right you're we're the ones that are supposed to be, you know, the experts and guiding them through the process. So you have to make sure that they're following your own process and not, not their own process.
1: Yeah, that, that's so right, David. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to be seen as a leader. Yeah, you have to be the authority. And, uh, and when you step up and take that role, the, the consumer will be guided by you because you're acting in their best interests at the end of the day you're not there to to mislead in any way you're there to to help and serve the consumer and help them to to get a great end result and the fact is if you do not have a process for selling then you're going to follow the consumer's process for buying
0: yep that's correct and uh, usually uh, their process usually doesn't favor the builder very well (laughs) but it's it's also just like um the example of you go into a doctor's office and you've got something wrong with you and the doctor's like well what do you want to do you don't want to hear that you want the doctor to come in and go yep i studied studied this and i've got these readings and you know this is what we think and we're going to do this this and this to solve it and you're like okay great go ahead and do it right
1: um
0: yeah you don't want your builder right. going well I don't, I don't really know how to handle this for you
1: it's not <laughs> yeah, a good yeah 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 you wouldn't go into a doctor and uh, have him say what would you like me to do that would that would be a big concern wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, you know, we talked about systems for a little bit, and I, I wanna dive a little further into it because obviously you help uh, builders with that. Why do you think it is that so many builders don't have systems in their business?
1: Well, what we see is the, the traditional pathway that um, a builder takes to, to end up in that position of being a custom home builder is that they they leave school and they go straight into an apprenticeship. And when they complete that apprenticeship, typically they'll start their own carpentry team. And then by default, after a a year or so of uh, running a carpentry team, they will become a builder. And at that point, they're doing one of the most complex things that you can ask someone to do. They're bringing together materials and labor on a fixed timeline and on a fixed budget. And incredibly, they do this all in their heads. And that works reasonably well for when they're doing two to four jobs. But once you go beyond that, it is virtually impossible to retain all that information inside your head and to to look ahead and, um, and forward order of what needs to be on site in a few months time. And this is where it all kind of starts to break down. And the problem is the pathway the builder took, there was no formal training on setting up a custom home building company and the systems that needed to be in place. The the guys that work in commercial um, would have had a formalized education program and their project managing massive jobs and they would have had structured training to do what is a very, very complex job. Um, and and perform a very complex role but uh, typically the custom home builder because of the pathway they've taken they haven't benefited from any of that experience or training so they're not actually solution aware when it comes to systems Um, they they kind of know that they need to systemize their building company but they're not always sure where to start Uh, and that's the big the big challenge a lot of builders do face Yep. And I think once you've got them established, or once you put in those systems, it
0: you know that's when you can get the consistency. That's when you can get you know better customer service. Um, it's it's easier to bring on team members because you know you have things documented and everybody can kind of jump in and, and be a part of it. Um, so you know, obviously, I'm a big believer in that for our company, and I, that's when our company kind of grew and took off is when we really started to invest more time in those back end things and making sure that that you have those things in place. And I think one of the reasons too that building you kind of hit on the head. A lot of people as home builders, you know, they start off in the trades and they're really good at building a home, but they don't really understand how to run a business. And you know, the owner's gotta be able to run the business and you can always hire people to do, we say, do the thing around here, do the thing, which is build the home or do the construction or whatever, you know? Um, So you've got to sort of put that ownership hat on instead of the, uh, the technician type hat and be the one to, to manage, the process in the company and make sure that the business is evolving and growing as it needs to
1: that, that that's right i mean systems they do provide a better service and that is what we are all about at the association of professional builders our ethos here is to yeah, so, improve the yeah. construction industry for for both builders and consumers and uh systems is a is a very big part of that
0: so like how do you guys help uh companies do that is it is it Training videos, or do you do one-on-one coaching, or how do you how do you help uh, integrate that in for for building companies?
1: Yes, well, um, it's it's systems that can be implanted directly into a custom home building company. So, we've developed systems for marketing, for sales, <clears throat> excuse me, for operations, construction, financials. We have fully developed systems for every part of uh, operating a residential construction company, and those systems are there ready to be implemented uh, for our members uh, straight into their building company and um, it is it's an online portal with video training and downloads that uh, give them the checklists uh, that they oh, need nice. okay nice um so you know, I
0: I know the benefit of it and you've got some other things that you you guys are working on too. You've got one that's called calculating your work in progress. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what that is. That's a new one for me.
1: Yeah. Thanks for for bringing that one up because work in progress is probably the most misunderstood number in the construction industry. And uh, it's something that both builders and consumers need to be aware of because it destroys building companies, it's, uh, it's the hidden liability that sits within a residential building company. And uh, the reason it's misunderstood is because the term originated from the manufacturing industry where accountants needed a way to place a value on raw materials that were making their way through the manufacturing process into finished goods. At one end of the scale, they had a very low value at raw materials, but as they completed the manufacturing process, the value increased. And they needed a way to, to value as uh, as, work was, as labor was being applied to those raw materials. And work in progress is the calculation that does exactly that. And the problem we have in the construction industry is that that term is now used by accountants to place a value on homes that are midway through construction yes yep. and it's totally different it's uh, it's actually not an asset at all for a new home building company it's a liability yes. and the reason for that is because once uh, a builder places a claim uh for a initial payment uh for an early stage in the build that claim will generally exceed the proportion of invoices from suppliers and subcontractors because there's always delays with those invoices coming in. So what that does, that artificially inflates their accounts and leads them to believe they're more profitable than they are. And what the work in progress calculation does is calculates the difference between what the expenses should be, the cost should be and what's actually come in. So it's, it's generally always a liability yet accountants continually calculate it as an asset.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I just was, uh, had a seminar. Um, don't want to go too far off the track here, but they, they, they kind of do one where they look at the numbers very differently. And, um, you know, there's doing bookwork for accounting, but then there's doing bookwork to run a business and they're different things. And this is exactly kind of what you're going into as well. And that's, you know, that's interesting. And I don't think consumers understand that all the time. So uh, we're going to talk about one more kind of builder specific thing. And then I kind of won't go into some consumer stuff too. Uh, but, uh, you know, you also have a, a thing that you guys do system wise, you call construction slots. So what, what is that all about? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So this is a process that we developed, uh, for builders that uh, helps them to balance their workload because, um, Typically, what will happen in the industry is um, it never comes uh, nice and even. The yep. the contract signings, you tend to get two or three at once, and then a, a barren period, and then a and then another few. And what that does it's very to a building very company, true. By the way. It happens all it the time. Puts, it puts enormous strain on their resources at the front, even in the middle. In the middle, not so bad. They can balance out their their subcontractors and move them from job to job, which you can lead to delays. But on the end, when things get quite intense on a on a project, you don't want three, four, five jobs finishing at the same time if you're only geared up to do six homes a year, because that just places an enormous strain on their resources and leads to a, a bad client experience, so we've developed construction slots which plans out the year in advance with start dates. And what that means is when a builder adheres to their own process and adheres to their own construction slots, they can have a nice balanced workload which enables them to operate at maximum efficiency all year round. And uh, it it improves the client experience and it leads to a, a much better relationship between the builder and the consumer.
0: And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think it's a great way to, to look at your company, you know, for us example, for it, as an example, we have the same sort of trade group that we always use. So there's a, always a built in capacity. So we know that, you know, even if we get the demand for more homes, we can only produce so many of them in, in a year in order to deliver the same consistent quality that we do. So, um, I know there are some builders who will, you know, they'll take on as much work as they possibly can and they'll figure it out. And those are usually ones that obviously don't have uh, a good customer experience a lot of times and, and run into a lot of challenges and, and, and upset customers and hurt feelings and broken yeah, promises, yeah, which yeah. is you have to be totally against what we you. want to do.
1: Yeah. You have to be disciplined, don't you? It's very tempting to take on just another job and another job, but, uh, you've got to be disciplined and operate at your capacity, not beyond that. That's correct. So speaking of
0: expectations, you guys also uh, have quite a few things that you do that help, you know, manage and and create good expectations for the homeowner. So, uh, w- what's your philosophy on that, and how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, client expectations um, is a is a very uh, important system and process um that we we provide builders or you know, our members within the association of professional builders because this is where there's a there's a lot of heartache on both sides um the, the important thing to remember is that when you're designing and building a custom home you're going to be in a relationship with a builder for a very long time potentially you know up to a, a couple of years and uh, and like all relationships, yeah, you know, that can um, that will have its ups and downs. So it's very important that the builder manages their client's expectations right from the very start. And uh, and and there's a, a lot of important components uh, within that, um, from the initial onboarding to ongoing communication. Communication is is absolute key. This is where things tend to to move south very quickly when a a builder fails to communicate properly. Um, But a very important component of that is um, working with builders that uh, that use modern project management software that have client-facing portals and uh, enable you as the client to log in and actually see all the communication uh, that's gone on because, uh, again, especially with custom homes, there will be change orders um we call them variations in australia ah, but, a uh, term. Okay. <laughs> change orders uh, there will be change orders throughout the process sure. and um not properly communicated yeah that can there can be a, a difference in expectations on that so it's good to have that timeline yeah so you yeah, can we see that sides. too
0: yeah the the software is great and the, there's so many good programs out there now and you know, we, we did it originally for our company just because of change orders and we were getting before it was just an Excel spreadsheet and you just kind of work stuff up. There's not deadlines and things and all of a sudden these change orders would sit open for weeks and all of a sudden you're like, well, we've got to decide this now because five of these items on this change order are going to not be able to be done anymore if you don't act on this. So we went to this online platform and you can set deadlines in on it and um, they can sign it right on their smartphone and uh, send payments even over so we can get something. If there's a, a really quick thing that needs to be done, we can hop on the system, uh, even if you're at a job site, and boom, type it up really quick, get an approval on it, and move on, and everybody agrees and knows what they're doing, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, those, those Yeah, it's, it's a good
1: thing for uh, a consumer to look out for is companies like yours, David, um, because they, they really wanna know, you know what is the plan. Um, you know, ideally, you know, the builder will have a, a high level schedule, an outline of how this process is going to go, you know, how are we going to communicate? Um, yeah, you, know, you, you want to be dealing with companies like yours, David, that, that have this portal, that have yes. these systems in place yep, and, absolutely um, and, yeah, how are we going to communicate? You, know, you you, you, you want to be asking those three things really when you're, when you're considering which builder.
0: Yep. Yeah, we do that. And I know the other thing is, you know, we, we uh, tell people we're not for everyone and we explain kind of how we do things and why we do them the way we do. And one of the first things we tell our customers too is we're we're not the cheapest builder in town. And if that's what you're looking for, we're probably not the right choice for you. So sometimes we do turn a few people away early on, but, um, you know, we, we look at it different. Like this is a home. This is not a loaf of bread that you're buying. And, you know, you can't treat it like you're buying a stick of gum or a loaf of bread. You got to treat it like you're buying, you know, the most important investment in your life, which really the home is you to use it. And it's generally worth more money than when you started, which is one of the only things you can buy that that's like that. So you want to make sure that you're putting careful thought in it. So a question for you, Russ is, um, you know, a lot of clients obviously want to shop builders by price only. What in your words why is that a dangerous thing for customers
1: to do that Well first of all construction is not a commodity it's uh it's not something you can easily compare you know, between homes or or even between builders because no two quotes that you receive on the same design are going to be the same you know quoted a, a custom home is a is a very complex operation and if you've gone to a designer or an architect and got your design done and now you're out trying to get a price from five or six builders then you already have a problem because if the builder wasn't involved in the design process then you're already over budget and that's no disrespect to architects or designers but they simply don't have the experience in pricing to be able to design something to budget unless they've got a builder on their team. Uh, because, and that's simply because they don't see what a builder sees structurally when uh, designing the home. The builder sees the problems in the design. So it's very, very important, first of all, to make sure you have a builder involved in that uh, design process. But when you when you then have this quote and uh, and then you take it out to builders, Again, in no disrespect to consumers, but they simply don't have the experience and the skill set to compare two 30 or 40 page documents on the same design, to be able to look at both those documents and compare them. Or they might have one that's uh, like 20, 30 pages and another that's simply two pages. It's very difficult to compare those when you're not experienced in the industry. So typically, what they'll do is they'll look at the price, and the, the builder with the lowest price might assure them that, yeah, everything's included. But, yeah, that's, that's really the case. So yep, if you yeah, don't you don't yourself, really know
0: what you're getting. And, you know, we, that, we've had that right. frustration too where we've had, hey, you know, this other guy is, you know, $15,000 cheaper than you. You're like, well, mm-hmm. we're all buying the material from a limited number of sources and there's only so many trades in the area. So it, that's not likely that there's going to be that much of a difference in price. It's what are you including with it? And, um, yeah, we're very diligent, like how we do it, where we actually, before we even quote a house, we want to know everything that they're putting in. We actually work up all their specifications and then we send it out and give them an exact number where a lot of builders will kind of do the, the, uh, lick the thumb method, as I call it, where they, (laughs) well, I think this house should be X amount of dollars. And then, um, you know, they, they sign the job and then, oh, well, we didn't have this in the quote. And they start realizing the numbers aren't coming out right. And, you know, oh well, oh well, we didn't put that in the code. That's not standard. And the buyer start getting starts getting very frustrated because they, they thought they were getting one thing and now they're getting kind of the rug pulled out from underneath them.
1: And yeah, it's a, it's a very frustrating thing. process for the consumer that's um, not experienced um in in what can happen. And equally it's very frustrating for builders that do do the right thing, like yourself. Yeah, you, you mentioned David that yeah, you're you're not the cheapest, but The the lowest price quote isn't necessarily um, delivering what you're providing. So, um, and and a lot of times,
0: you know, there there are builders. I hate to use the word bid farm, but they like to, you know, okay, hey, we'll just bid out everybody we can in town on it, and whoever's, you know, twelve bucks cheaper, uh, twelve American dollars, uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) we're using obviously internationally, Uh, but you know, they'll go with the guy that's cheapest because they are trying to get, you know, the maximum amount of profit. And they got to make up that discount that they gave them and they've never worked with this person or this company. And you, you're rolling the dice that they're going to do a quality job or that they're going to show up on time and, and actually be there when it's time for that job to be ready to be built. So those are things like if I'm a customer, that's the last thing I want on my house is to be the Guinea pig and be the experiment. And you know, those are things that you're putting yourself out there for if you're not careful. So you got to really yeah. ask the right questions.
1: And what I'd say to consumers, I mean, if a consumer came to you, David, and, uh, and said, I've, yeah, I've got your quote, it's fully detailed, but hey, I've got this other quote here that's $50,000 cheaper. Um, it looks the same to me. You'd, you'd be more than happy to spend time just going, yeah, sitting down and explaining to them where the gaps could be. And any professional builder is, is happy to do that. Um, and that's an opportunity I think most consumers miss because yeah, maybe they they feel uh, a little awkward uh, and they, they might just go with the lowest quote. And, and a lot of things I hear is like, well, hey, it was $50,000. So even if they've missed a few bits, I'm still going to be in front. But. No, you're not. uh, That 50,000, that's going to turn into 100,000 really quick.
0: Yep. Yeah, or you're just going to miss things that you thought you were going to get and be disappointed. And it's very hard to unbuild the home
1: (laughs) once it's built. And and how does that leave you feeling for the next few years?
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's not like something where you're going to just get out of that house in six months and get a different one uh, and go through that whole process all over again. You know, maybe a car you're willing to make a mistake, you can trade it in a little easier. A home is a little harder to change out. So you really want to Mm -hmm. make sure you get it right and and get that right, the good relationship and get, uh, you know, good communication at the beginning to have a good build. Yeah. So uh, next question, what do you think are the biggest challenges out there in the building industry right now?
1: Yeah, the the single biggest challenge that we see is uh, custom home builders working on free quotes, which these take weeks to produce uh, a proper quote. Um, And then after spending all that time and energy, they find themselves losing the job to a lower price that's not been quoted to the same standards. Yeah, exactly what we've just been Talking about. And the consequence of that is that they end up dropping their prices in order to win work in the future, in order to um, manage their cash flow. And the builder then ends up effectively working for wages at some point with no reinvestment going back into the building company in terms of systems and processes, which just leaves the builder tired and burnt out. And it leaves the clients with a very poor experience so it's uh it becomes a bit of a, a vicious cycle and uh, we see it time and time again in this industry and it all starts at the quoting stage yep
0: yeah it's critical and uh, yeah i think that is an issue and obviously the other thing we deal with here is affordability we have a lot of challenges with regulation and and how much homes are costing and we're selling a lot of homes in our market but they're mostly existing homes and uh there's a big gap right now for us between new homes and existing homes. So that's, that's certainly a challenge. And we, we haven't been able to get the flexibility yet uh, within our municipalities and things. That's one thing that we're dealing with here. I'm not sure how it is in Australia, if you have a lot of regulation or not. I don't know if you could talk about that for a sec. That would be kind of interesting to hear.
1: Yeah, we, we, we have our challenges uh, here as well in terms of uh, of the building code and uh, the variations on that from state to state so um, yeah it's uh, it's interesting really because the association of professional builders has members uh, across the u.s canada australia and new zealand but uh, we find the challenges builders face um, they're the same the same (laughs) no matter where it is okay exactly so i can't just pick up and go somewhere else and it'll be a lot easier huh no the the problems will follow you (laughs)
0: Uh, okay well darn I was going to say Australia sounds kind of nice right now. I don't know. (laughs) Well, Russ, anything else that you want to bring up that that I didn't ask that you'd like to... Yeah, there's a
1: there's an interesting process that uh, we recently developed uh, for our members which um, you yeah, know the, the members that are implementing it into their building companies are having huge success and, and this is the handover process um, This is a, a part of the the new build experience that uh, Tends to get glossed over and and rushed by the majority of builders. So we studied we studied this, we looked at this and thought, how can we improve it? And, uh, and what we did, we studied the car industry to see what we could learn from that and bring into the construction industry. Because when you buy a new luxury car, the or, or even a mid-range car, yeah. You know, the the whole handover experience um, is is tremendous compared to the typical handover of a new home, and it's a, a fraction. Like, oh, here's your
0: keys in your house. price. Yeah, <laughs> right?
1: that's it. I think uh, maybe both sides by uh, by that time, in a lot of cases, uh, I just want to see the back of each other, but that really sure. shouldn't be the case. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, it's an exciting time. Seems, uh, it's yeah, it's kind it's of the culmination, right? right? Yeah, and for builders, it's a fantastic opportunity to, to leave a great lasting impression, which will obviously lead to referrals. And from the consumers, you know, they've invested a lot of money. This is their, their dream project. They deserve a far better experience than they're, they're currently getting. So we mapped out a whole process which involves the builder spending time doing a proper handover, Creating the the whole ambience of the of the occasion, which can come down from the smell to the the music, to even rolling out the red carpet for the um, the, the whole entrance. They'll give a, a full orientation and um, and then have the uh, the follow up meeting planned as well. So um, and what we've seen as a as a result of that is just tremendous um, change within the industry for our for our members. Um, we've had some, some members that have had difficult experiences with, with some very demanding clients all the way through the process um, to the point the relationship has really deteriorated to one where they weren't speaking to having a great handover process which changed everything and had the, the consumer uh, referring their friends to that same Builder, So it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity to, um, to, to mark the end of the, the working relationship and, um, and, and leave on a very strong footing.
0: Fantastic. That sounds exciting. So for people that are interested in learning more about your company and the Association of Professional Builders, how would they get a hold of you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so anyone um, that like, would like to learn more about what we offer in the association of professional builders uh, if they head over to apbbuilders.com forward slash hbh then on that page what they'll find is they can download the sales blueprint for builders they can access free trainings for builders they can join our facebook group they can access our blog which has a lot of information for for residential home builders, and they can even take a look behind the scenes and and take a look inside the APB members area and see exactly what we provide to our members. And if they like what they see, they can even sign up and become a a member themselves. So that's apbbuilders.com forward slash hbh. That's fantastic, and I'm going to also include that in the show notes. So for
0: Those of you listening and you want to jump back in you can easily find the link and i want to again extend a huge thank you to russ steffens for coming on the podcast it's uh very exciting to have you on here and be able to talk all sorts of building topics and things and uh, of course if you guys listening here want to uh, make sure you don't miss any episodes of the home building hero hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode and of course if you guys have questions uh, that you'd like to ask or see on future podcasts, you can email us homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. Once again, I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Homebuilding Hero today.